Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back to the Late Show News Talk 830 WCCO. After last night's game that we all watched, um, I had a lot of opinions. You guys know that I voiced my opinions at the top of the show. But I saw in USA Today, earlier today, uh, a piece from Jeff Zogit, enough is enough. NBA should suspend Draymond Green for rest of November after the chokehold. And he joins us now because I wanted to get his reaction on air. He's the NBA reporter for USA Today Sports, and he joins us courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. First off, Jeff, I saw your piece earlier today. Well done, and thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. But just talk about the the, the your reaction immediately after seeing what you saw last night, what really prompted you to kind of go down the road of of really saying that Draymond Green needs to be uh, given a consequence for all that he's done? Yeah, so look, I, when we get into the conversation, I'm going to probably borrow some words actually from NBA disciplinarian Joe Dumars, who ironically enough played for the bad boy Pistons um, in the 80s, early 90s. Um, I, I'll stop short, short of saying I was appalled. But I look at that, and it just has no business on the basketball court. We, we can all agree that, you know, the games are emotional. Uh, there's a lot of tension. Um, and, and sometimes personalities and, and people just don't get along. Um, but there's a line you can't cross. And Adam Silver at the league office knows that. Joe Dumars, um, who issues these suspensions and fines when they come down, he knows that as well. But what I'm going to borrow from Joe Dumars is last year when Draymond was suspended for stepping or stomping on DeMontis Sabonis in a playoff game, he received a one-game suspension. And what the league took into account were these three things. Was it excessive and unnecessary? Um, You look at the player's history as well. And is it conduct detrimental to the league? And those three things applied a year or in the last season's playoffs. And they also apply to what happened last night with Rudy Gobert. And I think the league has walked a fine line with Draymond, knowing how hard he plays, the emotions attached. Um, but this crossed over, you know, look, Draymond, I sort of wrote with this, is that Draymond sort of plays this thing up. He, he engages with the fans, sometimes goads them uh, into them booing him and everything. And he plays sort of the WWE heel or villain. Uh, I, I thought this crossed over into, you, you know, United uh, you know, Fighting Championship or Ultimate Fighting Championship 
the MMA style thing where someone could have been really hurt in that situation. And, and it, it's just unnecessary. And I think it is more than a one game suspension. Now, the league might disagree with me and think that, that the rest of November, which is ultimately a two-week suspension and seven games, uh, is too much. And it may settle on something in the three to five. Uh, but I am expecting more than one. You know, Jeff, I'm in total agreement with you. And, 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 and let me be clear about my stance. Uh, Draymond Green, clearly, he's accomplished a lot in this league. He's been a, a valuable part of the Golden State Warriors. But I'm over the nonsense. I'm over the extracurricular activities. Uh, I think that he crosses the line way too often. Um, but I think that part of it, though, is because I feel like he's been given so much rope. He's been allowed to do so much. And, yeah, I know he's missed games and he's been fined. I think I think – in terms of fines in his career, he's been uh, fined like a, a, a million and a half dollars worth of uh, of fines. But the bottom line is, is you know, when you look back to last, I think it was just recently, like four or five days ago, he was ejected from the Cleveland Cavaliers yeah, yeah. game with, with 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 Donovan Mitchell, and Donovan Mitchell just let him know, look, I'm not going to let you get away with stuff. And I look at last night with the Wolves, and the Wolves really just putting a lot of emphasis into, you know, what we want to play this this game, we want to win this game, we're in this in-season tournament, I think that the NBA needs to, and you're right, the history should factor into all of this. And I know that you mentioned Joe Dumars, you know, the bad boys. I think that for once we need to go ahead and put the foot down, and so I'm with you. But I just don't feel, and maybe maybe you can give me a guesstimate of what you actually think they may do, but I just don't see them putting their foot down and suspending him for five or six games. Uh, look, I do not see a five to get. Well, look, let me say this. I don't see a seven-game suspension. Um, I, I think it's going to fall in the three to five range, um, ultimately, and, and maybe three. Um, and, and look, you're pointing out some good things uh, that I, I really agree with, too, in terms of the rope. And that's why I think the league has walked a fine line, uh, because they understand. And, and the Warriors have uh, allowed some of this as well, because it, it, you listen to Steve Kerr, not only last night, but in previous instances, they know the edge with which Draymond plays also makes him who he is as a player. And he thrives off of that. I, I don't know if you, you saw the clip where he was, you know, even recently trash talking with Anthony Edwards yep. um, and, and, you know, going back and forth that, that that's Draymond's style. And, and he thrives on that. And, and the Warriors understood they're getting the best Draymond when he's like that. And to your point though, I think that's when things get a little, carried away and we end up with the situation we had last night yeah we're talking to jeff zilgit from uh, usa today he's joining us here on the lake show on news talk 830 wcco you know one of the things jeff too that i find rather interesting and and maybe you saw this as well i'm sure you did but the the fact that he typically it seems like over the course of maybe like the last dozen times that he's been ejected from a game it coincides with Steph Curry not being in the game or being being out. I mean, I just kind of find that part a little bit weird. Maybe it's just a thing where Draymond tries to check out. Maybe it's a thing where he's like, you know what, I'm going to try to start some stuff intentionally and to fire up my squad. But I don't think that that's necessarily acceptable just to try to jumpstart your, your teammates. No, not at all. And, look, I would even think that maybe even last night, you know, he, he's probably going to say it's a defense of his teammate, Clay Thompson, who – in that moment, he probably thought was, you know, under uh, attack from J.D. McDaniels. And I use the word attack, you know, very loosely in the course of competition and, and everything. Look, look, these altercations happen, and I'm not opposed to them happening. You know, he, look, if anyone out there has played pickup ball 
um, you, you know, emotions can run a little high. So we all understand that. And you're not, you need that in the game and you want players to play, you know, that, that that's almost what Adam Silver, you know, what, you know, you want your lead to play with the, you know, the emotion that produces some of the amazing plays and games that we see. And, and yet, and I understand it's difficult. You do need to sort of have that self-discipline, not to cross that line. And, you know, the, the thing we keep coming back to is Draymond has crossed it time and time again. And the league does take, you know, history into account. And uh, let's be honest here, there is a dislike and, and a back and forth that's played out on social media between Draymond and Rudy Gobert. And I think if it's another player, I'm not sure that Draymond uh, puts him in the chokehold the same way. Maybe tries to grab another player and get him away from his teammate. But, you know, putting his arms around his neck like that, you, you know, it's, you know, again, beyond unnecessary. And, and I think it became just too personal for Draymond. And I think that's another reason the league will end up with more than a one-game suspension here. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, look, if, if it's two games, I, I think the league is going to be open for criticism as well. Because, you know, you mentioned the money and fines. Draymond just signed a four-year, $100 million deal. That's $25 million a year. We sometimes, you know, know these salaries and we talk about them as if it's monopoly money. Um, but, but the fines don't necessarily act as a deterrent in the way they might, uh, you know, if I received a thousand dollar fine um, for something. And, you know, that's something, you know, the players can pay those fines. Um, I think it's the game's miss that really hurts a team like the Warriors and a player like Draymond. I totally agree with you, Jeff. I mean, I mean, me and you are absolutely 100% on the same page. Let me ask you this in closing. Um, we agree about Draymond Green, and I, and I agree with you that he should miss some games. Uh, and I think it's pretty much evident that he's probably going to miss a game or two. But are we in agreement that Clay, uh, Rudy, Jay McDaniels, none of those individuals should see any other, uh, I guess, uh, maybe missed time uh, moving forward, right? Because Rudy didn't clearly – he didn't get ejected from last night's game. But the other guys that got um, – Discipline last night and ejected. You don't anticipate anything with those guys, right? I don't anticipate suspensions um, for Jaden or Clay. It, the, I think the ejections will serve. I, I'm not going to be surprised, and I, I don't have this as intel. I just know how the league operates. Um, I saw the pool report from the NBA official last night, and they labeled Rudy as a peacemaker. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if the league reviewed that and, and gave him, you know, maybe upgraded him to a technical foul or a flagrant foul one, um, something like that, and you know, something light. But I don't expect uh, any of those three guys to receive suspensions. Hey, Jeff, uh, thank you so much for your time. I truly do appreciate it. I love the piece when I saw it earlier this morning and wanted to reach out to you. Thank you so much. No, thanks for having me on this, this evening. All right, take care. That's Jeff Zilgit from USA Today, phenomenal reporter, uh, covering the NBA for USA Today. 651-461-9226. A real quickly uh, from the text line from the 651, uh, Green needs to be banned from the NBA. No recourse. Can't believe a role model like that uh, let off so easily. Look, I 100% disagree. Draymond Green should not be banned from the NBA. We've seen – no. Now, 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 am I sick of Draymond Green attacking people and doing ridiculous things? Yes. But Miles Bridges is back in the NBA. And this is a guy, you know, basically, I mean, we see his domestic 
abuse situation. Like we have people that have more serious things off the court, and this is the on the court. Do I like his reaction? Absolutely not. I'm not a fan of Draymond Green like that. But but if we want to talk about ban from the NBA, let's start with Miles Bridges and what he's done um, against his his uh, ex girlfriend or 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 the uh, the mother of his child or whatever. Those are the type of individuals that you say, you know what, we got to put our foot down right here first. All right, 651-461-9226. Coming up next, though, a rage room. The concept of a rage room brings forth questions that I need help with. We get to that next year on The Lake Show. Let's talk about what is a rage room. When I saw this headline, (laughs) it caught me off guard. Rage rooms are meant for people to let off steam. So why are some making it about sex? So uh, I I think I'd heard of a rage room, but I, I and maybe just on the surface kind of understood the concept of it a little bit. But all right, so so a rage room, which is also known as a smash room or anger room, is a room where people can vent their rage by destroying objects. You can rent them out or whatever. And I guess the stats show that most customers of Rage Rooms are women. That's uh, that's interesting. But it, it sounds like over the last five years, these Rage Rooms, people have utilized them for unique date nights, bachelorette parties, um, whatever, right, to, to, to vent hurling plates at a Concrete wall, destroying a TV with a baseball bat, all this stuff. It sounds like it's become a little bit more than just a place to vent like that. It sounds like people are getting a little bit handsy there, right? And wanting to, I guess, partake in a little bit of sexual activity, right? Well, you did say it's a smash room, so it kind of makes sense. Mm, Okay. Well, a a rage room. So I'm struggling with this a little bit. Okay, and, and I'm not sure that we're going to be on the same page here, but, but let, let, let's see. Okay. The idea of a rage room, okay, and and I and, and there's some court people are talking about, you know, fantasizing and 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 the the connection between a rage room and aggressive sex and all that stuff, whatever. Okay, that's whatever. That's fine. Right. I can't understand necessarily ultimately the need for it like do you understand do, do you believe in the concept of a rage room do you like is this something where you're like i understand it, i totally get it because i don't i i understand like the concept of a rage room and i feel like it's i feel like it's a good concept do I you do. really i, I do mm. because if you've got this anger and you got this like some people just need an outlet and if you have this controlled environment that you can you know smash something or, you know, take a picture of your ex and throw a duck, whatever. Like, I don't have any problem with that. I, I really don't. If it's a controlled environment where you're not going to hurt anybody and it's, I mean, I don't want to say supervised, but as long as it's not out of control and there's any collateral damage, no problem with that at all. I think I think if you're that angry mm-hmm. and and you're having those type of extreme feelings, Man, I th- I think you might need a little bit f- 
further assistance. But see that. I, I, no, I'm dead serious. Yeah, but if, but, if you got to take it there to smash mm. things and and destroy stuff, like I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I have, and yeah, you, you and I just differ on this. I mean, how many times are you told if something happens, you go, out, you scream into your pillow, you go outside and you scream, and you know, things just that's different. You get. Well, you you have screaming this pe- into a pillow in a rage room. Well, you 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 have this pent up energy, and you know frustration for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like we we've all been there where you have all of these intense emotions, but you got to get them out. You go there for I don't I, I see, and I don't even know a half hour, an hour, whatever. You you do it, and then you get it out of your system, and then it's fine. So. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have any problem with that. Maybe I'm being too judgmental. If anybody out there has been to a rage room, um, been a part of one, or, or really, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing to me. Like, I'm not sitting here saying, and I'm not trying to come across as, like, super judgmental. No, but, no, no, I know you're not. But, but to me, like, and I get upset, and I get frustrated at times with stuff, mm-hmm. and I'll try to go through the trying to relax. And I know that everybody wants to vent. Heck, we've been on the radio, and... And, and maybe this is maybe this is kind of therapeutic in my outlet, but but yeah, maybe maybe you're just right. Like like this is a form of therapy for people to be able to 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 get it out. It just seems a little bit weird to me. Well, and, like, and, I, it's, I don't, and I, it's not going to work for everybody, yeah, though. I, I mean, it's some I mean, people can find this beneficial. Some that's it, just a it type of a, that's just a type of an aggression, though. That I just I don't think I would ever get to. Yeah, and, and I mean, full disclosure, for me, when I was younger, I had a lot of issues with rage. Like I, I did. Like I, I did some things when I was younger that got me in juvie, that got me in trouble. That I mean, I, I did a lot of damage to a lot of things, a lot of property, a couple of people, and I, re- I regret that. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I had. Well, you were talking about You're right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> man, like don't piss me off. Oh. No, <laughs> but I, I understand. That sometimes there are outside factors that you you need somehow. It's like you can't. There are sometimes where you can't handle all of this intense emotion. And and, but, I, and, and again, I, I I am very as I've gotten older and I've mellowed out. At least I think that I've mellowed out. I feel so incredibly bad for the damage. That I caused and the restitution that I had to pay. But let's and what it is that it, it isn't enough at this point. But this is the thing, though. Would we sit here and say that a rage room is a luxury? Like, let, let's say that yeah. you that yeah, it you is live, it but, is because if you, if you live somewhere in a town, small town, whatever that that's you know it's not a big city or or, or place that has a physical rage. Like, yeah. what what do those people do? Those people they. If they've internalized whatever it is that's, that they're dealing mm-hmm. with, everybody in the world is going to want to vent and get certain things out. And we'll all have different techniques that will, in terms of like coping with stress yeah. or whatever it is that angers us from time to time. I, I, I don't know. A raise room kind of comes across, to me at least, as just an excuse for an excuse to act crazy. I, I mean, so, People are always going to take advantage of whatever it is you put out there as a luxury. And you're right. It, it absolutely is a luxury because I grew up in a you know town in southwestern Minnesota, and, and 
I understand what it's like to be in a small town where you don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you're in an area where you have the resources, where you have the ability to put something up there, then I, I would say do it. I would say absolutely do it. But that's it's it's all a process, right? Like this is where the self-awareness comes in. But this – I mean there, there's, you know, therapy. There are, you know, certain – I don't even know what the word is. If, if it's like a certain, you know, action to follow, there are ways that you can do it, but I don't know what that best way is because everybody's different. Yeah. If that, if that makes sense. I got you. All right. Six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six. Coming up next. Uh, one of the stories of the day, uh, an announcement, a third wave of charges in an initiative to counter gang violence in the twin cities. But to me, one of the biggest things with regards to everything that's happening with this case that I appreciate, and I think that everybody out there listening will, we get to that next after weather on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show, News Talk 830 WC Show. Before we move on to our next topic, we have somebody call in, a special guest right now. His name is Drew. He's the owner of Wreck-It Rage Room in Savage, and he joins us here on the show because he heard our conversation. It's the beauty of radio, Drew. I appreciate you calling in, my man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing awesome. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. All right, so 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 walk me through this here, and we'll we'll be real brief with this. H- how long have okay. you been open? How many so years? December 26th, it will be one year. One year. So you've been open one year. All right, so so what brought you to the concept of opening up a rage room? Because clearly there was a lot that had been on your mind. You had heard about it. Maybe there was a – is there a life experience? Kind of walk me through this. Uh, so about a year and a half ago, me and the and, and my partner went to a rage room in Colorado, and it was a very liberating experience for me. Um, I think she enjoyed it too. She was tired of her corporate job of 20 years. I was tired of driving trucks. And uh, there wasn't one in the metro area, and we saw a need, and just the universe kind of spoke, and we listened. Wow, that's so 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 so. You guys have been in business. You said for one year, right? Coming up on a year. Yep. Coming up on a year. All right. So, well, first off, congratulations because I know I, I know how it is to for people out there that are trying to start a business, and I hope how is business? Are, are things going well for you guys, or how, how does this how how do you evaluate it in year number one? So, uh, you know what? It's, it's been a real learning experience, and business is, is really good. Uh, we are just darn near fully hooked up every weekend. Uh, the weekdays are starting to fill up as well. Uh, with the colder weather, people still want to get out and do something, but they don't want to do it outside because it's a little chilly. So, you know, here's a fun, different uh, indoor activity that you can do. All right, so let me ask you this, Drew. Is it all about people being frustrated and upset, or is it more to a rage room than that? There's a lot more to a rage room than that. Uh, so we get people in there for every single reason that you can even imagine and a bunch that you can't imagine. Uh, we get people in there celebrating uh, weddings, celebrating divorce, celebrating beating breast cancer, um, people getting their frustrations out uh, because they've suffered a loss, um, People, a lot of birthdays, a lot of date nights. Yeah, so just every every conceivable reason that you can that you can come up with, we get people in there for that reason. All right, and I guess the final question for you, Drew, and I appreciate you uh, 
uh, calling us and checking in, man, uh, about this topic. Drew from the uh, Wreck-It Rage Room in, in Savage, Minnesota. Uh, is it true according to this, uh, and just in terms of your experience here in year one, but according to this, um, to a little bit of research that I saw, it says that that it seems like there are a lot more women than men that are taking advantage of rage rooms. Is that true from your one-year experience that, so far? You know, that is true. Uh, I would say 75 to 80% of our clientele are female. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Where the ladies at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all at our place. <laughs> well, Drew, man, a continued success to you and your partner, man. It sounds like things are going well in year number one. I'm always going to root for, you know, small business owners to do well. But uh, I appreciate you calling in tonight. Hey, we appreciate it very much. All right. Take care. That's Drew calling in from the, uh, the Wreck-It Rage Room in Savage. See, now you got a spot, Chris. Now uh. you got a spot to go vent. Now you can go vent. Oh, when you want to get when you want to get away from the wife and kid, <laughs> just go to Wreck It Rage. Room. I, I bet I bet my wife probably already made several appointments. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's pretty funny. Hey, let's get to something really serious though here. Um earlier today, US Attorney and Andy Luger talking more about this ongoing crackdown on gang activity. And it sounds like that they're going to expand their indictment that was first filed in May, aimed at the high street gang. And prosecutors today charged 14 new alleged members or associates of the gang and traces lucrative fentanyl supply to Arizona. Um, I'm appreciative of this. I love this because when we say that we're about the business of dealing with crime, this is something that affects all of us. You don't have to live in the, well, I, I don't want to sit here and say that there are gangs all over the state of Minnesota because I don't believe that because I don't think that there is gang activity in every single community in our country. Okay. There are certain cities just based on size or whatever that don't have to deal with some of this stuff, but I'm going to tell you what, doesn't discriminate, and it's everywhere, fentanyl. Fentanyl is impacted everyone. And whenever we're talking about cracking down on that drug trade, that's important. And I think that everybody should be happy with that. And I'll be honest with you. I had an opportunity. I won't say where I was at, but I had an opportunity to, to meet uh U.S. Attorney Andy Luger. And I thanked him for the work that he's doing. And uh, it was it was brief. We had a brief conversation. Wasn't long-winded. But he was appreciative of, of what I had to say to him. And I'm appreciative of the work that he's doing. Luger said today, selling fentanyl in our communities is as dangerous and lethal as the brazen gun violence we've seen in our cities. Adding that, address, uh, addressing the nexus between narcotics trafficking and violent crime was a key piece of the violent crime strategy he launched upon taking office last year. I don't think that there is anybody in our country, and I don't think that there is any Minnesotan out there that would be against a crackdown that involves 
the lethal spread of of the spread of fentanyl because it is a lethal drug. There, there's always something. It, it it seems like we're always fighting some sort of drug, like some sort of of narcotic. You know, whether it was it was cocaine, it was heroin. You know, and now it's 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 fentanyl. There's always, and that's just really the unfortunate part of just society that there's always going to be something out there that we've got to be aware of and that we have to take seriously. But when you've got somebody that is willing to take the steps to crack down on it, because you, you you hear all of these stories about fentanyl lace, this and fentanyl lace, that Mm -hmm. it's It's everywhere. it, it, It is everywhere. And I feel like it would be such a losing proposition to try a, and figure out how to completely eradicate it from society because you can't. Like these smugglers, these manufacturers, they're always going to try and be ahead of whatever regulations or crackdowns. Yeah, but I think that I think that one of the things that it just – and I'm sure that you're thinking along the same lines as me, and I know that we're all different, right? And everybody has different resources and, and a certain level of education about – drugs and what not to do and what what to do and what not to do. I can't imagine taking a drug that's being bought on the street, bought and sold on no. the street. I, I just if if I'm not getting it from my pharmacist and my doctor, yeah. I'm not taking it. Yeah, a, a street pharmacist is not the same as a pharmacist. Let's let's be clear about that. But that's that's just like users don't think about where they're getting it. Mm-hmm. They're just looking for the easy access. Where can I get my supply? And, you know, where can I get the best batch and where can I get it for the best price? They're not concerned about a- any sort of regulations and what sort of damage is this going to do to my body? You know, y- you're looking for the quick high. That's what you want. Mm-hmm. So all of those you know, all of those factors are not considered when like, like you're, you're talking about this through a common sense lens. And that's just not how, unfortunately, a lot of individuals look at it when you're looking to score whatever it is, you know, you're looking to get your hands on. Hey, to put a bow in the the uh, rage room conversation, I do want to mention this text here from the 651. Sometimes releasing rage, anger in a very physical way leads to greater anger. Mm-hmm. I worked on a psych unit 45 years as a therapist. Wow, that's a long time. Wow, that is and, really. And we taught people how to manage their anger without hurting themselves, others, or stuff. Letting out anger in a very physical way may be okay if someone's safe is with that person and it's done in a constro- uh, controlled setting. So that uh, information there coming through on the text line. That's interesting. I mean, it, 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 it makes sense. There would have to be a lot of trust. You know, Don't you like for me to – be in a room with somebody knowing when you're in that state of mind. I, I really, I applaud this individual for 45 years in a psych unit. Like I, I can't imagine the patients helping people with their that, trauma, you, man. Yeah, that you would have to. Like that is, that is an incredible. That is an incredible, you know, attribution to you. So, yeah, good job, Texter. All right, six five one four six one nine two two six. Coming up next. You know what time it is. It's time for headlines. That's next year on The Lake Show. All right, let's dive into headlines here on The Lake Show. 
Christopher Tubbs on the ones and twos. Let's head to the news desk and get the headlines of the day. All right, let's get to it, H. Lake. Derek Chauvin is taking another crack at having his conviction for the murder of George Floyd overturned. The former Minneapolis police officer serving a 21-year sentence for killing George Floyd says in a Minnesota court filing he never would have pleaded guilty to the charges two years ago if he had known about the theories of a Kansas pathologist who he started corresponding with earlier this year. Chauvin says Dr. William Scheitzel told him that he believes Floyd did not die from uh, asphyxia, but rather from complications from a rare tumor called a paraganglioma. Now, the pathologist did not examine Floyd's body, but reviewed autopsy results. Now, Chauvin is asking the judge who presided over his trial to throw out his conviction and order a new trial or at least an evidentiary hearing. Quote, I can't go to my grave with what I know, Scheitzel told the Associating Press by phone on Monday, explaining explaining why he reached out to Chauvin. I just want the truth. Chauvin further alleged that Scheitzel reached out to his trial attorney, Eric Nelson, in 2021, as well as the judge and prosecution as a state court or, uh, state court murder trial but that Nelson never told him about the pathologist or his ideas. He alleges that Nelson failed to challenge the constitutionality of the federal charge, but Chauvin claims in his motion that no jury would have convicted him if he had heard the pathologist evidence. Three other former officers who were at the scene received lesser state and federal sentences for their roles in Floyd's death. couple things here. First off, I mean, this is a Hail Mary for Derek Chauvin. Number one. Number two, this Dr. William Schnetzel, he's very sympathetic to Officer Chauvin or former Officer Chauvin. Think about that. There are people out there that are sympathetic to him. Mm -hmm. Like after seeing that video, you're sympathetic? They had, whoa, that's kind of a rough, that's a rough Mm -hmm. one for me. It seems like this is kind of very conspiracy theory yes it is oh it clearly is because Uh, this person did not they they didn't have anything to do with you know dealing with george floyd's body like you're going off of i guess and i i mean if if he did indeed reach out to the attorney and prosecutors there's a reason why they did not acknowledge it at that time yeah i I it's not it's not because they didn't want their guy to get off exactly exactly i just i it's it's something. Hey, this story, it's not national, but it's world. But I think it's kind of funny. A man in Poland is alleged to have conducted multiple robberies at a local mall with an apparently clever ruse. He posed perfectly still in a storefront pretending to be a mannequin until closing time. Once the mall was locked up for the night, he went about pilfering various businesses. Quote, a 22-year-old with a bag in his hand froze motionless pretending to be a mannequin in front of a shop window, Polish authorities said in a translated statement. In this way, he wanted to avoid being exposed by the cameras. Now, police allege that the man successfully robbed a jewelry stand the first time he used the ruse, then returned to the ploy on another occasion. His second heist involved a new outfit from a clothing store, two separate trips to a food station where he, quote, ate his fill. Eventually, though, the brazen burglar was caught by security guards when his luck ran out, according to police. If convicted, the man who has prior convictions for stealing from a mall could face up to 10 years in prison. 
you're gonna murder. You're either gonna. You're either going to. No, uh, I was. Mug me I was just me. frozen. That's why yeah, I wasn't yeah, talking. I, 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 was, I, I, was, I know. I was frozen looking at you. Uh, I know. I was doing my best Mitch you, McConnell impression. You, you were. Oh wow! <laughs> See, this kind of reminds me of the movie Mannequin. Wasn't it like a man who was in that love was a with low a mannequin? Blow. That was a low blow. No, no, it wasn't. No, yeah. that was a low blow. Actually. No, that was. Yeah, I, it was. Yeah, you know, I, I, I own it. Okay, yeah, that was. Uh, that that was clearly out of bounds. I'm better than that. <laughs> Maybe I'm not. Yes, you are. No. <laughs> not clearly. <laughs> well, I'm laughing about it. I'm sorry, Mitch. No, you're Next not. topic. No, you're not. Hey, the U.S. Postal Service has lost $6.5 billion in its just-completed fiscal year, delivering a blow to the service's hopes of a financial turnaround. The Postal Service had projected it would break even in the fiscal year that ended September 30th and on its way to annual profits this year and going forward. Results are particularly disappointing because it received a bump in its revenue earlier this year when shippers shifted package volume away from UPS because of the threat of a strike. Now, Postmaster General Louis DeJoy blamed the loss on inflation uh, raising prices for its operations. It also sent printing prices surging, which significantly reduced the amount of junk mail marketers sent via the mail. Postal Service reported a net income of $56 billion in the previous fiscal year, but that was primarily due to the non-cash gain of nearly $57 billion from 2022 that changed the way it accounted for its retiree health care expenses. Why hasn't DeJoy been ousted out of a job? Like, seriously. <laughs> he tried to get it. He tried to insert himself into the election with the whole... Like he Early tried to utilize, votes, yeah. He tried to utilize the his job with the Postal Service to... T- to interfere? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And, I, and I'm not saying I'm not sitting here saying it's just a simple, just a way to get the guy out. I, I get it because we have all seen the reports on 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 the difficulty and how how you can get him out of the job and all that, or the you know how he's entrenched in the job. But my goodness, man! Remember there was so much controversy about him at that. Oh, time. There, there there was a ton, and and you I know, totally forgot he was still in the yeah, job. And after the you know after the election, so well you know Joe Biden can get rid of him. Well, and still got a job. It's going to end up like Milton from Office Space, where they stop paying him, but he just continues to show up. Then it'll be like, I believe you took your stapler. It's a red swing line. Took my, took my stapler. Hey, and uh, after two extremely popular series, everyone, not everyone's favorite. That's a little hyperbolic. Uh, Smart Mouth Genius will soon bid farewell to television viewers. The hit series Young Sheldon will conclude with its upcoming seventh season, this according to CBS. Sitcom will air a one-hour series finale on Thursday, May 16th. Young Sheldon is a prequel spinoff to The Big Bang Theory. Now, uh, the final season of Young Sheldon will premiere on CBS on Thursday, February 15th. Are you a fan? No. I've never really chimed in or, or watched it. No, I, I, I couldn't get into The Big Bang Theory. I tried and... Maybe I'm just not smart enough to get the humor. I, I never understood it. I like my uh, my Bialik. I think she's incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. I, it's nothing against the cast. I just I never got into the show. Gotcha. All right. A Blue Earth man was arrested Tuesday in his hometown and charged with participating in the January 6th U.S. Capitol insurrection. But what's the question here? My question. What do you think those that participated in January 6th learned, if anything? We get to it next. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.